Hello everyone, my name is Dre Galindo. I am a first year experience guru and today I will be hosting this very special episode of the first year experience podcast. I'm joined with my amazing co-hosts, uh, Gerson and Nick. And today we are going to be talking all about student wellness. And joining us today is an incredibly, incredibly special guest that honestly, to introduce them is just amazing. Uh, the Director of Careers in Medicine, Faculty Director for the Joint Admissions Medical Program, otherwise known as JAMP, the Medical Director of Student Health and Wellness and Assistant Clinical Professor for the Department of Pediatrics, and I'm sure so much more, Dr. Crystal Escalona. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I guess my first question is, what should students know about the current state that we're living in? What are the basic fundamentals that they should know, especially with the current times of COVID? Um, if they've been living under a rock, how are we doing? So we're doing better, I would say. I think people more and more as time has gone on, um, they're paying attention more to the recommendations. And so I don't see that many people like without a mask, certainly not on campus and definitely not like if I have to go buy my groceries when I go to Walmart, I have yet to find anybody without a mask, where before that wasn't the case. And I work in the hospital as well. And so like at the peak of COVID, like let's say six weeks ago, they were putting my patients like in waiting areas. You know, like, like if you ever walk into the hospital, the information desk lady, well, all of that was like filled with gurneys and patients. And I mean, the hospitals were like ridiculously overwhelmed. I would go try to look for my patients. I'm a pediatrician. So the nurses would be like, your patients are somewhere there in the middle. And then I'd have to like, like trudge through all these gurneys to go look for my patients. That was bad. And that was at the peak of the pandemic. And luckily now the waiting area is a waiting area. I could walk into the hospital and I don't have to navigate my way through gurneys. Um, but we still need to be really vigilant. Um, just because we're doing better and we're wearing our face coverings, it doesn't mean you're going to let your guard down. And a lot of people, like especially, I think maybe it was like, what, two days ago that Hidalgo County, the judge ordered that you don't have to shelter in place. It's easy to pretend that we're not in a time where the pandemic exists, but you really have to be cognizant of that because... I can't tell you how bad it was in the hospital. It was horrific. I mean, yeah, and we don't want to do that again. And if people let their guard down, they stop wearing their face coverings, we will totally go back to that. You still have to be vigilant. Yes, go out and about, but you have to take precautions. And in regards to that, what kind of effects have you had with PPE, the protective equipment that you've had in the hospitals? How has that been going so luckily here at UTRGV, they've done an outstanding job at providing PPE. At the start of the pandemic, I kind of freaked out thinking that like if I went to the hospital, I also work at the COVID drive-through here on campus, that they wouldn't be able to protect me. I can tell you, I have never not had PPE or been properly like outfitted to be able to do what they're asking me to do. So I don't know where the university's getting their stuff, but I am immensely grateful for it because if you're going to be around people that have the virus, you need to be able to properly protect them. The COVID drive-through that you mentioned, is that where people can go get tested? Absolutely. Um, so it's by like, like, what is it? Liberal arts, it's that little parking lot like off of Van Week. And so in order to get an appointment, there's a telephone number you call and you're able to talk to a screener and they will get you booked for an appointment. And like right now, honestly, the numbers have gone down maybe about 
I would say like three weeks ago, like our lines were, I mean, and you saw it on the news. They were like out to the street. I think they even had like drone footage showing you how long the lines were. And I mean, that could be occurring because of a couple of factors. The test has become more accessible. Primary care doctors have actually like shelled out the money, which they can be actually pretty expensive to have the testing there for their patients. And so we've seen the numbers go down. So before like a month ago, I would have been like, you can call the number. No one's ever gonna pick up, we're so overwhelmed. But now there's no issues. If you need a test, you can get a test. Good to know. In July, in July, I thought I had been exposed, so I called, and it took me, you know, then it took me, I don't know, three or four days to get somebody to answer the call, um, but but I think, you know, once once I was able to get through and schedule the appointment, I was able to be seen in a few days, got the results actually within 24 hours, um, came back negative, thankfully, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I remember those few weeks ago, the line was really long, kind of snaked around the parking lot a little bit. I would say that we were getting something like 10,000 calls a day. Wow. And I mean, granted, we're like a fairly well, like staffed situation, not for 10,000 calls a day. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. And so it's gone down, it's gone down a whole bunch. And I mean, I got, I got so freaked out about COVID and especially because I was in the hospital and I saw people getting sick that I actually signed up for the trial vaccine. So last week, I got my second dose of the Moderna, uh, Moderna COVID trial vaccine. Oh, wow. Funny because like when you're taking care of COVID patients, I mean, I think even just like the general population, any little thing you could have, you're like, oh, my throat hurts. And then you're like, oh my God, I totally have it. Definitely, because I felt like that for like the last six months. How many months have we been in lockdown? I, I've still been in lockdown. I'm trying to treat the situation kind of professionally. Yeah, being home is like really important for me. And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I got a sore throat and I got real scared. And I was like, what's going on? With so it's kind of funny though, because the particular vaccine trial that I'm in, it actually, it's really cool. So usually whenever they make vaccines, what they'll do is they'll either like weaken it and then inject it directly. Or sometimes what they'll do is that they'll put the DNA of the vaccine or the, or the virus into a different um, virus that's not gonna hurt you and then they inject it that way. This one's just a chunk of messenger RNA that instructs how to make a spike. And so that's all it is. It's messenger RNA from COVID. Let me tell you, my body had never seen any element of COVID before I got the, there's no way. That vaccine knocked me on my butt. Is it better than, you know, being vented and in the hospital sick with COVID? Oh yeah. But did it really get me? Oh yeah. I had like fever and body ache, all my joints hurt. I don't know if it's because I'm old, yeah. that might be, <laughs> but I've been vaccinated for pretty much everything under the sun, including yellow fever. And I have never had a reaction to this. Like not even like the seasonal flu vaccine is like not a big deal. Nothing was a big deal, but this one, was a big deal. I, I had to take the day off. There's been some weird misconceptions out there that it's just a flu. It's just a common cold. Can you personally uh, detest that, those kinds of misconceptions? Oh my God. Yeah, no, it is so much worse. And I mean, the thing is a lot of people have a tendency to get like frustrated, right? Because the thing is, is that this is like brand new and we're learning on the fly, right? So initially, what were we saying? No math. And now we're saying masks. And then initially we thought perhaps it wasn't spread via the air. 
And now we're saying it's probably spread uh, via like droplets that stay suspended in the air for a good while. And so because we're learning on the fly, a lot of people do get frustrated because they're like, oh, these people, meaning physicians or scientists, they don't know what they're doing. And that's not what it is at all. It's learning as you go. You're seeing science in action and a situation like evolving. And under no stretch of the imagination is this anything like the flu. The flu kills like in a bad season. In the United States, it might kill something like 50,000 people. We're already at the 200,000 mark. And we're not even done with the year. So no, I mean, I don't want to bum anybody out, but I mean, I've never seen, the problem is, is that, and this is like one of the, one of the biggest reasons why the medical school is even here. The health disparities that exist here, meaning that we're like overweight, right? We have diabetes and what does COVID go after? People that are fluffy and they also have diabetes. And so if you actually look at us, this is why we come out in national news. Like, why would anybody know about, not that there's anything wrong with us, right? But for the population that we have, like, why are we coming out on national news? We're coming yeah. out on national news because we have a higher rate of death than other places. And it's disproportionate for the population that is here. So yeah, no, not like the normal flu and super scary for us, for sure, because not everybody has access to care. And unfortunately, COVID exposes like all these healthcare disparities that exist in the area. But then that's why the medical school is here. We're trying, we're trying to make that better. You know, I think that you made that point very, very clear because, you know, we do have these issues and there is kind of like a disproportionate livelihood here and throughout the United States, especially here. And we're getting to that point where we're hitting 30,000 infections. Aside from the testing that they're having on campus, are there any other services maybe that they have for students? So the UTRGV came up with a strategic plan for um, COVID, right? And so like, it, like right now I'm in the med school building and there's hand sanitizer everywhere. There's even like these really weird looking wipes that are loaded with alcohol equipment to wipe down surfaces, which is really, really nice to have. But um, more than anything, if you're a student on campus, what they want you to do is they want you to think of a checklist. And so it's online if you've not seen it. And so you go through this uh, like checklist. Do I have fever? Have I been around somebody that's been exposed? Am I coughing? And so you go through this kind of like little decision tree asking yourself these questions. And if it turns out that you may be at risk or you say yes to one of these questions, you go to our reporting form. And so this is also online. And believe it or not, we have an email, coronavirus at utrgv.edu. So if you have any wow. questions, I know. <laughs> I was blown away myself. I was like, dang, there's a dedicated email for this. So there is. And so um, when if you say yes to the screening questions, you go to the reporting form. And this like goes across for employees and for students. Okay. And like obviously, like if you're a student, it goes to a different branch which would be student health. And then if you're an employee, it'll go to employee health. But if you're positive for any of the reporting, if you're positive for the screening questions, you do the reporting form, we will get into contact with you and we will give you what your next steps are. And so we want you to isolate, stay at home and quarantine. And then also if you become progressively more ill, give you whatever your options are to see a healthcare professional so that you can be taken care of and tested if needed. So for students who are, who are on the fence and maybe scared, and they're thinking, I don't know, you hear about this in the community, right? People that don't want to come forward and say that they're sick or they're showing symptoms, right? Obviously, the best thing for 
anybody, especially at the university, come forward, right? Take, take advantage of the resources that the university is offering. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the thing is, is that like even some of my colleagues that have been so, so careful and I'm like, I'm talking like they have like these little caboodles that they carry with them that have the Clorox wipes and hand sanitizers and they're not even wearing regular masks. They're like wearing like the full blown like painters double valve situation made from Honeywell, right? A few of them have caught the illness and like it sometimes i mean you can be as careful as you want to be you can mm -hmm. still catch it it's it's okay and you need to get tested and it's better off to know the problem is is that if you're even asymptomatic and you come on campus and like let's say that you have covid if you don't wear your facial covering you're putting everybody else in danger your your job as a human is to try and like not mess anybody up and take care of each other so if you really want to be able to do that well you need to know so I would beg people just, if there's any inkling that you were around somebody that had COVID or there's a possibility you may have it, please get swabbed. It's not that bad. It feels like, so I, so for the vaccine, I had to get swabbed twice because it's two phases to that vaccine that I got. So I thought it was really funny because like the tech that was swabbing me um, was like, okay, this is going to hurt. And I'm like, dude, I do this to people all day in the COVID testing line. And honestly, I have it coming. I know it hurts, but it feels like if you've ever had Coke come out of your nose from laughing, that's what it feels like. So is it horrific? No. Does it feel awesome? No. You know, um, as far as uh, the university goes and like that trial that you're speaking of, what do you think about the potential for, you know, research here at the university? And is there any programs that are doing anything right now? So as of right now, I don't think that there's anybody working on uh, coronavirus per se. But um, like, for example, Dr. Thomas, that's where we run all of our tests from. He was able to repurpose some of the machines in his lab. If you ask me what that guy's like research is, I don't know. And that's terrible, right? Because I should know that. He's like a co-worker and I should know what it is. <laughs> I have no idea. But we, he was able to utilize the machines that he has to be able to do that test. And like you said, when you got swabbed, you got your results in 24 hours. Like maybe patients initially had trouble getting in to get the test done, but these, the lab, the way that it's been working in 24 hours will give you the test. And it's the PCR test. So it's the most sensitive test that we have to pick up coronavirus. And I saw that just a couple weeks ago, we now started getting antibody tests. Uh, what, what's the difference between that and the, the regular tests? So the regular tests actually looks for, like if we do the nasal swab, it looks for the genetic markers of the coronavirus. And so you harbor it in your nasopharynx, which is, and if you ask me if I really wanna poke somebody with a Q-tip that far back in their head, no. And I know it's like super uncomfortable, but I feel bad. That's where you harbor the virus. And so, I mean, you'd be surprised how much of a Q-tip I end up putting into a person. It's almost the entire length of a Q-tip and they're long. And so that actually looks for the genetic markers for coronavirus. But the antibody test actually looks for antibodies, meaning your body's response to the coronavirus. The thing is, is that we're still trying to get where there's like a good way of picking up those antibodies. It's not necessarily, like for example, when I did the vaccine trial, they've tested me for antibodies twice, but the test really isn't as good as it needs to be 
So there's still room for error as to whether or not I may come up with antibodies. And so that test isn't as sensitive as the, the PCR test is, but they're working on it because that's the only way they're going to be able to tell if, the, the, if that vaccine that they gave me even worked is by looking at my levels of antibody and what my response is and how long they last, right? So like I signed up with these people for two years. I wanted to like donate to science, right? Because I'm a real big believer. If you want to know what like my hot button item is, it's vaccines. I love them. I do. And I'm a big proponent of vaccines, although there's people that aren't. Um, so I figured I should sign up for the trial, but that's what they'll be using to see if the vaccine even works. And then how long those antibodies even hang out for, because we don't know, like, that's how you end up getting like your flu shot every year. It's not like your measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. You don't have to get that every year, do you at all? So you get it like once or like your tetanus shot, you get it like once every 10 years because immunity lasts for a long time and they're able to see that with studies. But the flu shot, it's seasonal. And so they never know which flu strain is going to predominate. They try to predict it initially and then they, you should totally get your flu shot, by the way. Um, <laughs> and that's a free service to our students through student health, by the way. We've always given the flu shot for free. So if you guys haven't gotten your flu shot, you totally go get your flu shot. As far as student health goes, are they still running their services? Absolutely. So definitely uh, make an appointment. I mean, and people have issues come up that are not COVID, right? People need no. birth control pills. People get sick with things other than COVID. So no, the services are still being provided to the students, for sure. So I actually, I don't remember if you remember, but I interviewed you back in like February before the lockdown happened. And we were kind of looking at that tracker for COVID and the cases were compared to now tiny they were so it was so incredibly tiny it was through yeah. that Johns Hopkins website and I'm like yeah. I was like one of these like deniers I'm like it's all the way over there I mean is it gonna come here yeah yeah to know now like yeah that's crazy to think about that that was just like six or seven eight months ago but um what does the roadmap look like if we continue in the pattern that we're going in um when when can students get back into the classroom so, and that's, that's a difficult question to answer. So what I would tell student, UTRGV is offering what the hybrid, right? So you can come back. So what I would say, like if I was a student now, and I mean, that's what we tell our students now, believe it or not, here at the medical school. If you do fine with Zoom learning, do the Zoom learning, stay home. I haven't sent my children back to school at all. And actually I'm one of the few people that is keeping their kids at home. Cause at my kid's little school, like, no, like people are like, just send them back. And so I, I that that's not me. And so I want to make sure that everybody's safe. So if you do okay with the Zoom learning, I would say stick to that. But there is a subset of students that do not do well with this medium under any stretch of the imagination. And if that's you, then do go in, but they do have specific measures in place. I mean, if you walk around in a regular auditorium, there's like chairs that are like, do not sit here. Or even in my lobby, there's like signs everywhere that say, don't sit here. And I'm like, I wonder if somebody's going to come get me if I do. I'm just kidding. There's nobody in the lobby. <laughs> just don't take the mask off your face. And if you're going to, like, let's say that you want to, like, go see your friends, right? Because there's things called COVID bubbles. You heard of the COVID bubbles? So it's like your few little group of people that you trust that take this as seriously as you do. They wear their facial coverings everywhere. They sanitize their hands like crazy. They're not, you know, going to large groups of people or whatever. And so if you can do all of your gatherings outside, that's even better. 
So if you're gonna see other humans, try to stay six feet away, outside's better than in, because it is an airborne virus and it hangs out in the air for a while. So like, for example, I'm here at the medical school now. I'm in my office. I don't have my, my facial covering on right now, but if I'm gonna go outside and use the bathroom, you better believe that that mask is not gonna leave my face. There was even like a study on how, and this is totally gonna gross y'all out, but how coronavirus is in your excrement, like <laughs> jet powered, like toilets that we have can aerosolize that. So as disgusting as that sounds. When you dry your hands. Right, and so like. The, va the vacuum and like from the machine is gonna suck out the air. It's a mess, so like my mask does not leave my face. It is on me like glue. I go to the bathroom and disinfect my hands and everything and come back into my office. But it's just, if you, if you can do well with the Zoom learning, I would really, really recommend that. And then if you can, if you really don't, if you do terribly that way, then come to campus, but make sure and have your set things as far as what you're going to do in place, the facial coverings, exactly. And washing your hands like crazy and sanitizing. and Yeah, all that good stuff. I would like to say thank you because I just love your optimism. And it makes me feel like comfortable. I feel better just listening to you, even if, and this is for the podcast. So I think, I hope other people feel that way too, because, because I really like love all the information. You're so detailed. You're so detailed in your optimism. Thank you. I mean, I think like, unfortunately, like it's cost us a lot of um, human life. Right. But I think as more time goes on, things are going to get better. And that vaccine that they zapped me with, that makes me feel terrible. I am fairly confident it is going to work. Whether or not you're going to get, you know, two, two shots. I hope not. I hope that's just for the trial study that they hit me with too. The first one was okay. The second one was like, like I was able to go back to work after the shot with the first round, but round two was uh, interesting. I do think that these things, I mean, are going well. And I mean, today, the director of the CDC said your single best weapon is the facial covering. As long as you can cover up your face, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Nick. I, uh, I appreciate the optimism. And I know when Jerry suggested we hold this, this episode, it, it was about just informing students because I think a lot of the students just have so many concerns. And, and even from the faculty side, I know a lot of my colleagues um, you know, are worried about it. And so to know the, the kinds of steps and precautions that, that we're taking at the university, the kinds of resources that are available to everybody, I think is also, also makes us feel a little safer. So thank you. Yeah, I, I want to say in our earlier podcasts, we were really talking about, you know, de-escalating the tension that students are feeling right now, especially with going back and starting online classes. That can be a whole thing in itself. And to just know that, you know, at least we have an insider that had a vaccine and has said it was amazing. Um, you know, that just makes us all wear the mask a little longer and, you know, um, you know, want to want to take as many precautions as possible to get out of 2020. <laughs> if there's any other things you want to say to students or any other questions? You know, normally I have something, but I think I said already what I wanted to say. I like, I just, I appreciate, I appreciate everything that you do and I appreciate you, your optimism. I just, I don't know how else to put it. It's just like, I really like it. It makes me feel good. I think it's going to be okay. I do. 
but we have to protect everyone right yeah um well if that's all then thank you so much everyone for listening to this very special episode of the fye podcast once again i want to say thank you to our amazing guest dr escalona for joining us and uh, we wish everyone well especially with the school of medicine ut health stick in there and we'll see you all next week thank you so much for listening Thank you.